When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to leave a like, drop a comment, subscribe, even leave a five star review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Anthony Tosha, joined yeah, you are. on this wonderful Wednesday by Shane Diefenbach yeah, and yeah. Shonda Paz. Yeah, Shane, welcome back. Yeah, um, it happened again. Yeah, this you time kept it alive. This time after, after the fact. Um, every time I miss a show, somebody transfers. Uh, so I'm hopefully I don't have any prior conflicts uh, ever again, ever again. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's not fun. As Josh says, we are inside and we are indeed inside. Hopefully to be back outside, which is the studio, which is also inside soon. Um, yep. Yep. Time to go. Fire me up. Rally oh, me. Yeah, I'm ready to watch a hockey game later. That's what well, I'm most excited for. I feel like because, because of DNVR, we are all, Avalanche fans tonight. Is that is that correct? <laughs> no. You see, you see, because of DR, yes. Because of yes. my wallet, no. Yes. You see, oh, you're Mr. going lightning, Mister Toji. We're, we're both on lightning. Wow, um, I'm on if, Avalanche tonight. If you if you ventured to watch the PHNX Daily Bet Show every Monday through Friday at noon, right here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, you would have seen that. But unfortunately, you're a fraud and you don't like your friends. Oh, wow. uh, let's just let's just keep this between. The three of us, and yeah. however and many everybody people end up watching this, this um, I'm kind of rooting for the Lightning. Whoa! Don't Wait, say I, that. I want the I want DNVR. I want for the DNVR for all city. I want the Avalanche to win. But well, a huge I mean, Stamkos fan, and I love okay. Dynasties. For from a, from a pure <laughs> hockey standpoint, I want the Avs to win. But again, fiscally, financially, for my wallet. Um, as I've said multiple times, I've had a future on the Avalanche and the Lightning for a long time now, for about a month and a half on the Lightning to beat the Avs in the Cup. Plus 1400, gave it out on the uh, wow. DraftKings or on the PHNX Daily Vets every Monday through Friday at noon right on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. You would have seen that. Um, so, yeah. Um, also, I have Vassal LFC to win the Con Smythe at plus 1400 or 1200. So yeah. I have them at plus 400. Yeah. I um, also chose the Lightning to win it all in the PHNX Coyotes. Um, little dude, my I looked at this. I looked at the screenshot of that. My bracket is effed. My god, I haven't looked back at it. I probably should, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. But also, well, if you watch PHNX Coyotes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, <laughs> this is just a promo for all the, <laughs> um, the show the entire, that promos the, the others. <laughs> the entire PHNX Coyotes crew also chose the Lightning. Um, so I feel like I feel like a lot of the people, like a lot of people, are just having a tough time choosing against a Lightning team that's yeah. one, two straight. Ones. Well, regardless of what happens, as Eric Clapton said, oh, other way, um, it's going to be a wonderful. The game is going to be wonderful tonight. 
That's an air clock. Let's hope so. Sure. Hey, just like the NBA Finals, I just want some some competitive some competitive action. So hopefully the Lightning and the Avalanche at least keep it close. Yeah. Uh, whoever wins wins. It's only game one. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I have um, my shirt. We're getting a little scandy on the no, show. No, I was, I was already just LTC's four minutes comment. in. LTC's comment drove a Seve Avalanche lunch. Meh. Never rooted for the Avalanche. Oh, I call it was mid. Are those That's those really a. big trucks? Yeah, they are. Those really weird looking ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Avalanches. The yeah. Aval- they're not big, but they have like they're the ones with like kind of like the like the diagonal yeah. bars. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan yeah. at all. Meh, for sure. Sorry if you have a Chevy av- Avalanche. I kind of like them. I kind of. I'm, like I'm assuming our demographic isn't mainly Chevy Avalanche owners, but how do you determine that based on? Yeah, what kind of cars is our ownership? What is? I'm curious uh, as to where you got that. Well, from. this is a college beat. I would assume a lot of our listeners are in college still. Um, and the avalanche is, well, I guess trucks are just expensive and it doesn't really make sense for gas right now to have one. I feel um, like this is a Ford Taurus pod. Mm. Hell yeah. It's a Ford Taurus pod. It's definitely not an Emma's po- car pod because that thing is broken. No. Yeah. It, I mean, unlucky, if, if it's college students, it might be an Emma's car pod. Yeah. Well, Hey, Emma's Ford car is Fusion broken. hybrid gang rise up. Emma's car is broken, and uh, so is ASU softball. ASU softball, as of yesterday, um, is it still two more pitches? Oh, two well, more pitches. No, I was looking. I was looking. It is five and a half minutes into the show, and we are now talking about ASU. Let's there go. we go. Yeah. So <laughs> ASU softball, kind of broken. Lots of transfers. Still without a head coach. Um, we all know they lost Trisha Ford a couple weeks ago to Texas A and M. We've been promoing none other than Brady Vernon, D one softball writer. Um, who we spoke with a little bit earlier today, and he gave us some great insight as to what's going on around the program and some really interesting stuff as it relates to Trisha Ford and when she left for Texas A&M. Let's take a look. Joined now by Brady Vernon of D1 Softball. Brady, thanks so much for taking the time this afternoon. For having me. Of course. First and foremost, obviously, the last couple of weeks for ASU Softball, um, has kind of spiraled a little bit out of control, starting with the loss of head coach Trisha Ford. Just kind of what went into to her leaving for Texas A&M? Well, after ASU lost to Northwestern, things kind of just transpired where A&M kind of struck out on their first three choices. Um, and so I think they got a little bit desperate and really wanted to get this head coaching search over. Obviously, they saw what Trisha had done at ASU, and instead of being at the College World Series, Ford ended up taking a trip to AM in the campus. I think she visited during AM Baseball's regional. And I think when she saw all the facilities, the environment of the 12th man, and obviously probably a much bigger paycheck than what she was getting at AM, I think that really persuaded her to take the job. And then we end up seeing Jeff Harger go with her. And since then, we've seen like half the roster now has entered the transfer portal. And whether or not they end up in College Station with her is still need to see. But that was kind of the biggest thing. Once you see those SEC facilities, uh, Davis Diamond there is probably the best SEC uh, college softball stadium, to be honest. And they just put like millions and millions of dollars into it. And I think just the press box alone has six different booths in it, which Dean Farrington yeah, it's kind of an upgrade. So you talked about facilities, and obviously this is like David versus Goliath when it comes to Pac-12 minor sports against SEC sports like this. 
what do you think ASU can really do anything in this situation? Do you think they're neglecting at all, or is this just kind of how things are in terms of Pac-12 versus SEC? I don't think they could have done anything about this. Um, like I said, I think AM being desperate kind of just, and I don't want to say desperate like Ford was their like fourth choice. She was probably one of the best fourth choices you could get out there. <laughs> the thing is, it, it is kind of a Pac-12 thing. Um, uh, if you guys ever go look at UCLA softball stadium, it's, it's not, it's not the stadium you would think that the school that has the most national championships have. It's, all of them probably need to be upgraded except for the one in Tucson. And that one just got upgraded and it looks beautiful. But like, that's the thing is, and it all comes back from the major sports money and just what boosters want to do. But I, I mean, I, I almost said that as a joke to a few of my friends when we were talking about ASU sports a couple of weeks ago before this was even kind of rumored was that if ASU wasn't careful and like, didn't like start getting kind of contract uh, negotiations, like, AM could miss out and start calling. And by the time she gets the phone call, she'll be gone just based on like what they can match. And it ended up happening, which I think I got kind of yelled at for putting into the world. But. <laughs> so it's not we can blame we can blame you for, for her leaving, apparently, right? Um that or uh, so, so many questions over the last six years. <laughs> um so outside of obviously we talked about the facilities and all that kind of stuff. When it comes to just kind of the roster outlook and the programs, the the on field performance. What is how does A and M compare to ASU? Is her going to A and M? Does that put her any closer, any further to obviously achieving her ultimate goal of of winning a college World Series, or, or are they kind of on a similar playing field? Currently, their team is still kind of young. Um, they have a lot of good recruits, but it's kind of recruiting themselves. Um, their best player is probably Haley Lee. Uh, who's a phenomenal hitter. She can play catcher, first base. Um, they're a little weak in the circle. Uh, a lot of their innings came from freshmen. I, it's, not a, it's not a roster right now that could compete. Um, they were probably one of the last five, five teams into this tournament. Uh, but they're going to get teams. They have a good recruiting class coming in. But, I mean, ASU's roster, how it was and how it was going to be next year, was going to be better than A&M's. And like the, in the grand scheme of it, if you look at how the Pac-12 is laid out right now, ASU had a good chance to be the favorite for the Pac-12 next year. And the issue is that it's going to be an uphill climb at AM because not only are you joining a very strong conference, you're joining it when Texas and Oklahoma, who are both just in the national title series, are both joining it. And so, I mean, it's going to be hard, but I mean, if you look around and what she was able to do at ASU, you give her all the money, you give her... And uh, L stuff to work with. You give her the facilities. I think there's a good chance that AM could be a team that hosts every year, which that ultimately lets you try to win the national championship. Definitely. Kind of looking back toward the ASU side of things, I know you reported yesterday uh, Mac Morgan, Marissa Schold entered the portal. That's all four pitchers for ASU. Obviously, we saw Christiana Watson before Trisha Ford had left, had entered the portal. Um, is there anyone else that, that you're hearing is on the verge? Um, we've already seen Alina Torres. Could we see Yanni Acuna? Could we see Jazz Hill? Um, kind of where are they standing on things? I, at this point, like, I would just assume that everyone is really thinking about it. Um, and especially someone like a Sydney Sanders, she'll get a call from probably every coach in America 
for how good she was. Uh, unfortunately, this is looking a lot like the 2018 Oregon situation for those that are unfamiliar. Uh, the now head coach at Texas was longtime coach at Oregon. Um, they were the number one overall seed in the tournament. They lost in Oklahoma City. And he wanted a pay raise because they had been top three seed like numerous years in a row. And Oregon refused to give it to him. So Texas bought him out and probably 10-ish players left the Oregon roster, went to him with Texas. Others went different places. And it was like 15, 18 players left that roster. And Oregon was decimated. They didn't make the postseason the next year. And I, there was points where they had open tryouts for kids. And I, the longer that there isn't an Arizona State coach, the longer that I don't really know how you field a competitive Division One roster if everyone starts leaving and it, it's, if you lose all four pitchers, like you're going to have to go find three in the portal. You have to convince kids that this is a kind of a rebuild situation. And so as an ASU fan, I, unless you hear, otherwise I would assume that people are considering leaving. Um, it's probably a lot harder for someone that is like Yanni Acuna because it is her last year. She is a like Arizona native, but, I mean, you have to do what's best for yourself, too, in this type of situation. And so I guess we'll see. Um, I, too, I probably wouldn't be shocked to enter next. If they enter, it would probably be Jasmine Hill or Sidney Sanders. Um, because I would assume that not only would A&M be very interested in those two, especially Sanders, but, I mean, you, you would probably even see, like, Oklahoma consider Sidney Sanders because they need another power bat in the first place. Have you heard anything about coaches? Where do you where do you go from here if you're ASU? Where do you even start? I know players are a huge part of it, but you don't have a coach. What do you, what are you doing here if you're ASU? It, you're gonna have to really talk someone into it, and that's the thing is like I don't think they're gonna be able to pull from another Power Five school head coach. It's probably gonna be an assistant, or uh, I personally believe that Jimmy Kalidas, the other assistant coach, would be a great fit because he is a great recruiter. Uh, he'd be able, he knows everyone, so he'd be able to make a good staff. But for what it is, um, I don't think that's going to happen because the Pac-12 takes a lot, lot of pride that all, all nine teams are led by women. And I don't think ASU wants to ruin that. Um, a few people who I personally think would be great candidates, um, Sydney Ball Malone at UCF. Uh, she used to be the head coach at Boise State, has a West Coast background from the West Coast. Uh, she she did a tremendous job. They hosted this year the first non-Power 5 host in like six years. Um, if ASU fans are up to it, uh, there's a former Wildcat, Christy Fox, who's the UNLV head coach. She's done really, really good. Um, she should be considered, but that's the thing is like, would Sydney Ball Malone leave UCF for kind of a rebuilding project here after coming off the school's best year? Uh, and so that's why I think they might have to go the assistant route, which then you're getting into very, very kind of cloudy waters because you don't see that a ton in softball where like the assistants are hired. It does work out for some teams, um, primarily like uh, Oklahoma State's Kenny Gajewski came from with the Florida staff. Um, I think one name, the I can't ever remember her name correctly, but the Arkansas hitting coach uh, is someone that a lot of people look up to. And even Brianna Maha suggested her on Twitter, which was a, a really good person that I didn't even think about. But 
I haven't definitely heard anything, which might be the scariest part about this, is I don't know how in-depth ASU truly is looking and like how much effort they put into this, and they really should be, because obviously a lot of people care about this program. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you touched on it a little bit. If obviously it's a little bit of wishful thinking at this point, but if no one else leaves this program, obviously they're still without a single pitcher pitcher on the roster. What, what kind of does kind of the, the recruiting class coming in next year, how many spots are they going to fill if everyone does end up staying and, and follow through on their commitments? And if again, they do keep everyone that is currently here, how competitive can they be in obviously a, a very solid Pac-12 conference. Off the top of my head from the four-girl class, the one that is a pitcher is Kylie Maggie, um, who a lot of sites do have as a top 10 overall recruit in this class. Um, she's very, very good. Um, and obviously it helps to be, I think it's the step-niece of Dallas Ex- Esposito. My goodness. Um, <laughs> but it, it's the thing is like, for as much as you lose in the transfer portal, there's 600 plus names that have entered uh, since 2022 started. And you would have to work that. There's plenty of arms. Um, and it changes every single day. Like even yesterday, Oregon lost their ace, Ricky Yanez, to the transfer portal. And you can find people. And it's like if the team, how it currently is, and, and it's truth be told, like the other girls can still come back. They're not fully gone for sure but it's not going to be a Pac-12 winning title team if the people that are in the transfer portal leave and you have to go find pitchers to like kind of build a staff around because then you have to find girls that match each other and complement each other you're probably not going to find like a number one ace that carries for 200 plus innings and that and that's the hardest thing because if you go back to that Oregon roster from 2019 um one girl pitched 250 innings, which was about 80% of the innings that year. And the girl that pitched the second most quit the team halfway through the year. Uh, two different position players had to pitch to even get them through the season. Jeez. Wow. I mean, wow. we'll, we'll see, obviously, what transpires with, with ASU softball over the next couple of weeks. You mentioned um, a lot of assistance. You don't think they'll pull from a Power 5 school just because it's a tough sell, potentially more players to enter the portal. Um, just the last question we've got for you is how should ASU fans be feeling um, right now toward administration in regards to this whole ASU softball debacle? I mean, it's it's easy to be upset. It really is, especially with everything else that's gone on in this past year in Tempe. But it goes back to the thing is like, with bonuses, Trisha probably made over 250 k and if you go over that as ASU, I think you would probably be paying more than you pay Willie Bloomquist and stuff. And so is it worth it? Probably, but it's it, it goes back to just how much you value Olympic sports and if you're really worth it. I mean, it could have been done, like, possibly, but I just don't think they were going to able to match it because, truth be told, like, Texas A&M is probably a top 10 job in college soccer. And they, they're willing to pay. They've stole from coaches from other top tier programs. Uh, it was just once she got the call, she was probably gone. And 
I mean, you can be upset about the transfer rule leaving, but I, this could have happened at any other Pac-12 school. And it goes back to the thing that ASU just isn't like the other Pac-12 schools because six of the head coaches in the Pac-12 softball are alumni. And so they're not going to leave unless it's some crazy, crazy, crazy offer. Mm -hmm. And it, could ASU go down that route? Technically, but there's just not ASU alumni really in the coaching field. Um, Bailey Wigness, who was on the 2011 national t title team, she's the head coach at Gardner-Webb, but she's only been the head coach there for a year. And so you can be upset at administration, but this was just a they had deeper pocket situation and you got to hope for the best. And maybe, maybe that's why it is taking so much longer with the coaching search is that maybe they're trying to see if they can get alumni incorporated into it. But I mean, yeah, I just, I don't think anything could have been done. I think Texas A&M wanted her. She was going to go unless she said no for her own reasons. Yeah, definitely a tough situation. Brady Vernon, D1 softball, follow him on social at Brady Vernon. Uh, Brady, thanks so much again. Thank you, guys. Guys, we, we talked to Brady um, a little bit earlier today. Obviously, everything that he had to say, very insightful stuff. What stuck out to you about what he had to say? Like something new. Like obviously, we knew transfers were coming. We knew transfers um, could potentially still enter the portal. Um, what was it that stuck out to you? Just the sheer holy hell what, who is on this team. Um, yeah. when bringing up position players pitching and what they're going to have to do. Yeah. Josh Hunt's going to teach her, teach his sister how to fast pitch. So at least they'll <laughs> have somebody to throw. I mean, it just kind of puts it like in perspective and also him at the end saying there was really nothing that could have been done. Like I've been hearing that and I understand that I don't want to accept it, but you kind of have to at this point, but just cause like, like if somebody takes your toy as a kid because it was theirs, <laughs> doesn't mean like it doesn't hurt it just as bad when you found out that nothing could be done it still sucks and it's not yeah. fun i mean this sucks this frankly sucks and trisha ford was a very good toy for asu to have yeah i think that just what's the next step don't really know that's like the most concerning part like where are they going to get a coach there is not an obvious candidate for them to go get it's not necessarily at this point the most exciting job to have so it, that that was that's definitely slightly concerning um knowing that there is a top 10 pitching recruit coming in who is related to an asu alumni like yeah. that is comforting because it's right it's it's kind of like the the yanni acuna situation like there, there's reasons for her to stay even if everything else is going wrong um and so hopefully that commitment, she follows through with that commitment. Obviously, if she doesn't, that's no that's no judgment to her. Like, she's fully within her rights yeah. to do that. And there's plenty of reason not to. But it is comforting to know that there is at least a little bit of relief coming. And, I mean, people are going to want to play at ASU, right? Like, there's going to be transfers. They may not be transfers at the level that... ASU would like, but they're going to be transfers. Um, but my biggest takeaway, honestly, is that Danielle Williams is the the <laughs> cause of all of this. If she didn't go crazy, and I guess you have won that game, maybe Trisha Ford would still be coaching when AM was looking for their coach, and yeah. this would never have happened. Um, so, the, yeah, that's my. No, it's the damn game. blueberry's fault. It's the, yeah. the blueberry, it, the blueberry from I hell, the blueberry. Yeah, yeah, the blueberry from hell. It did emerge from the gutters. It's a, it is a uh, Pennywise esque 
Oh my blueberries. <laughs> LTC saying Coach Trish stays in a Ford. Yeah, call her Trisha Ford Explorer because she'd be exploring her options and going Damn. to different schools. Damn. Damn. Uh, the the one thing that, that that was actually pretty good. It was pretty good. That was terrible, um, but like in a good way. No, 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 no. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's a better way to describe it. It was yeah. terrible, but in a good way. Yeah. Like so bad that it made me laugh. Um, <laughs> what stuck out to me, aside from the fact that how quickly Ford had taken a visit to AM after the softball season had ended. Um, but second was the fact that he mentioned that there's a lot of names in the transfer portal, right? Mm -hmm. Sean, you brought up potential, potential transfers. There are arms, there are bats there. You are not going to get any of those transfers without a head coach. Yeah. Nobody is committing to ASU until there is a face of this program. And right now it is a giant fucking question mark because nobody knows who's on the roster. Nobody knows who's coaching the team. I mean, and when they do, like Brady said, odds are it's not going to be like a household name from a power five school because that's yeah. just it's too tough of a sell right now to get that. Yeah. So we talked about the championship window starting literally three weeks ago for ASU softball. At this point, he said it. he doesn't even know if they're going to have a roster no. that can that they can field for, I'll for coach the team. Division one. <laughs> hey, we were talking about it. We were talking about uh coaching some bro some and you guys can coach and i did say i was the i won the Cy young award at equivalent in my beer league softball league i had i was the league leader in strikeouts i was a da or i had a da you have left oh shit i don't know we'll have to talk to to ray or no we'll talk to herm because he can try probably weasel something in there mm. but yeah championship window i mean it's one of those janky windows that you try to open like from the bottom and it closes on your fingers immediately that's what just happened like it's over it is over. I can, it's okay. Sean and I will coach. You'll be our ace. I can see mm. it now. We're we're literally in the dugout getting ready to call Shane uh, to to relieve somebody, and he's just sitting there. And you know what he's doing, Sean? Uh, in probably the dugout, four peaks. He's probably drinking four peaks because the rattle on, just so I can get ready to pitch. Oh, oh wow, that's perfect. That's absolutely. Perfect. Is that your new favorite, or is that just like a part-time? First time, first time trying the rattle on, actually. So Ooh, let's see. Genuine let's see. reaction here on the show. Well, ASMR. Oh, Mallory. I bet you Mallory is a hell of a pitcher. I could see Mallory. Oh, that's really good. Oh, that's smooth. Yeah. But but it's but it's very expected. It's four peaks. Everything they make is quality. That's true. That's true. it. Was ASU ASU softball four peaks? Like before the last three weeks, they're equals. No. No, let's not. No, let's you don't not compare, think so? Let's not compare four peaks to ASU anything. No, I agree with you, Totri. Yeah, ASU, ASU, four peaks is ASU hosting the Tempe Regional ASU softball. Yeah, there you like, go. Yes, and yeah. every other beer is Georgia Clark. <laughs> right. Every other beer is ASU softball right now. <laughs> oh yeah. no! Oh my goodness! Well, if you guys want to, uh, if you want to feel great, if you want to look great. If you want to just do everything great, drink four peaks. <laughs> um, as Shane takes a four sip, I'm glad. Or Mike's magic star, special stuff. They, they yeah, it, it, why not? Why not? I felt great since the last time I had one. Just remember, you don't that know you what was be, in that water bottle. You got it. <laughs> wasn't water. Uh, got to be 21 or older. Um, and please enjoy responsibly. As as Josh said in the Suns chat, I'm going to steal this. He said, me and the homies out, or call me Dexter's sister. Because I'm drinking responsibly because I'm the DD. So, Josh, thank you for that one. I thought that was You're not really getting good. us. You're not getting us, R. I, I appreciate it. Uh, but that oh was my. not getting ready. <laughs> Would you have read it, Shane? Would you have read it? 
No, I, I mean, I, I mean, Leah would have because she just put it up on the screen. Um, <laughs> for the audio listeners, somebody's trying to punk us right now and make us read um, to... something out loud. That is not a real name. Uh, I just have to bring this comment up before we move on because it was so goddamn funny. Josh Hunt said, I bought my Ford Fusion Hybrid because of Trisha Ford. I was even going to name my daughter Ford Fusion Hybrid in her honor. I lost my mind at that. So thank you again, Josh, for making me laugh when times are really hard. Unlucky. <laughs> times are always hard here on the ASU beat. But hey, Not it is always. what it is. Not most of the time. As of late, it's been pretty tough. Not not on the beat to be an ASU fan, but not on the beat. Times are always high. You're drinking four peaks. You're hanging out. It's a good time. That's true. Well, while you're drinking, let's talk ASU football. Or I guess just Pac-12 football <laughs> yeah. in we'll general. Need to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be plenty of drinking when you're talking watching. about ASU football this year, I'm sure. Watching, talking, anything ASU football related, you probably should have a four peaks brew in your hand. Um, but we've got some way too early Pac-12 power rankings. Um I'm curious to see where you guys have some of the teams. Let's pull up the graphic. Um, it's kind of consensus from you guys to have Utah at one, and then I've got USC. We kind of across the board consensus, just one and two. Oregon split at three. UCLA across the board at four. Uh, and Sean, you're Sean, you're kind of outlier here with Oregon State at five. Yeah. Um, by the way, I messed up. Shane also had USC. Yeah, I was. I was gonna um, look back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you had I, USC at one. Yeah. Yeah, I had yeah. USC. Uh, okay, bet. I I was alone in the in the Utah. But what? Sorry. What did you What did you just say? You. Why do you have Oregon State at five? I'm just curious. Um. I mean, they got to a bowl game last year. I I just think that they are. I just when you look at the other teams there, like the teams that I have below them, they're just either bad or have too many question marks. I think Oregon State had the most kind of like continuity with their team. Um, and so that's yeah. kind of also why I have Utah one. It's kind of based on a thing like a what I've seen versus an expectation kind of thing. You, the, US, the USC experiment and I guess now the ASU experiment can go a lot of different ways. So I just didn't feel too confident in putting them above an Oregon State or uh, uh, Utah, depending on which team we're talking about. Um, yeah. So that's I, kind of why they ended up at five. But honestly, like you could see in ours, like the five through seven is kind of interchangeable. Oregon State is the school I struggled with the most because, as Sean said, there's continuity. But the continuity is you're bringing back a pretty good offense and a very, very questionable defense. Uh, and I think you're going to need defense to win um, in this in in this uh, conference. Aside from ASU, <laughs> uh, nice. I, I put ASU up at five just because of the – there's a ton of question marks after after the four spot. I mean, obviously, as you see, we all have the same top four. After the, after the four spot, you have five through eight, I would say, which are all kind of interchangeable. But in my optimism, I guess you could say, I have faith that Emory Jones can be the best quarterback out of those five schools. I think he will be. Um, and quarterback's the most most important position in softball. And then there's a lot of and talk to be had softball. about softball. See where my brain's at? <laughs> um, it, it would be. Um, yeah. But but in, but with with what you're talking about in terms of where these teams are going to end up at the end of the year, a lot of what has been said about ASU is that it's defense and it's talked about to death how bad the secondary is. I just don't think it's going to be as bad as people think. So that's why I have my five. Yeah, I think it kind of fits – the flow of the show that Shane has ASU at five, Sean has ASU at six and I've got ASU at seven. Um, I think that kind of 
kind of speaks for itself. We're all kind of across the board. Um, they're going to be a middle of the pack team. Um, I think best case scenario, they're a five. And I think probably worst case scenario, they're probably hovering around that eight spot, depending on uh, injuries, depending on how the team meshes. Uh, I think it can get a lot worse than that, Toti. You think? Uh-huh. You think I... Nine, ten? I don't think they're worse than Colorado, and I do no, not think they're no. worse I than think you. Ten is, I think 10 is where they can end uh, up, but I don't think they will. I don't I don't I think nine is probably their basement I think I mean I think if you look at the rankings I think Washington is just going to be a train wreck of the team this year obviously I have them. yeah why is that yeah pull them have, up again where did you have Washington I had them at 10 I believe um they, like you look at their like everyone we always talk about ASU when they're recruiting oh it's like ah it's so bad blah 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 they the only school in the conference that have a worse recruiting class than ASU is Washington and Washington did not have a good season last year. They went four and eight, like, and they didn't do anything to get really better. Um, yeah, but a lot of people, they did. A lot excuse of... me, they, excuse me. They average, they, they brought in Michael Penix Jr. from Indiana, yeah, uh, who was, was a solid quarterback two years ago, not so much last year. Um, so it, again, it's kind of just the, the question. I, I don't know what this team is going to be, and they weren't good last year. I thought they were the biggest underperformer in the Pac 12 last year, Washington. I really did. I thought they were going to be pretty good. Um, they they kind of picked it up toward the end of the year. They played a little bit better. I I, I just don't think they're even close to a four nine team this year. I think I think they're levels above Cal and Stanford, but we will see. Yeah, the quarterback talent in this conference is going to be very interesting. It's so weird, dude. Like you look at like you look at the the quarterbacks. Just you got Cameron Rising, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, um, Dorian. What's his name? Dorian Thompson. Dorian Thompson Robinson. You just call him DTR. DTR in UCLA. Um, obviously, Jones. E- Emory Jones, Washington State has uh, Cameron Ward, the incarnate Ward, ro- incarnate war- word, wow. incarnate <laughs> word transfer. Jeez, um, Michael Penix Jr., who was at one point, he's kind of like a Jaden Daniel situation. Like after two seasons ago, people were like he was a, like could have been a Heisman quarterback, and he just fell off. Um, Cal's got a no. transfer quarterback in uh, uh, from from Purdue. I believe it's Jake Plummer's yeah. son. Yep. Uh, so there's just it's going to be interesting to see when conference play gets started. Um, I'm not so interested to see how those any team after four uh, faces that top competition because I don't think it's going to be relatively close between U- Utah, U- USC, Oregon, and UCLA. I am interested to see though how the middle of the pack um, if there can be some consistency there, like. I am totally okay with ASU being a middle of the pack team this season and next season. Like, but being consistent in their performance against teams that are of par or at the same level of them. Like, I don't really care what happens in the USC, Utah, Oregon, UCLA. We understand those games aren't or shouldn't be, in theory, close games. You know, you never know what happens in the Pac 12. However, they're winning one of those. We'll see. We'll see. There's a there's a bet. This USC experiment there. could end up going very poorly. That office is going to be deadly, but I do not I know what the so. defense is. Okay, good. We can make good. the bet, but it can't be anything with my hair because I'm finally cutting the blonde off like tomorrow. Are you? Yeah. Wow. It's got I think blonde, it, I think at this point it's going to be weird for me to see you without blonde hair. Good. I want to make you uncomfortable. Um, you do that enough by like grabbing my arm <laughs> on the show. What are you talking about, brother? Um, Sean. I was forgot to mention back to the Oregon State thing. 
Um, Oregon State is the only team in the conference last year to beat Cam Rising in Utah. Um, yeah, that's so. such a weird game, though. Plus, it's 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 Corvallis. We, that's it's the, it's the the PNW is the hardest place in the conference well, to play. If you're ASU, Corvallis is scary. If you're other teams, it's not. No, no, but I mean, it's if just you Corvallis. Have, it's not. Well, it's not Corvallis alone, but the the Pacific Northwest, like, teams yeah. do not beat all the teams in the Pacific Northwest. No one does. Um, so it is. I I think they're gonna win some games. Um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that back out there. It was a little tidbit I forgot. Well, those are our way too early power rankings. Um, you can actually go onto the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and actually place a bet um, as to who you think is going to win the conference. I believe USC is the favorite at plus 200-something. Um, I'm hammering that. I'm hammering USC at plus odds. Real quick about DraftKings. Did you know that we have poll and we could we could hit up our homies at DraftKings and have them oh, put yeah, lines yeah. up? Saul pulled that out the other day, and I was just like, bro, what? How Wait, did what? we not know so that? So Saul got, is getting the DeAndre Ayton to go to what team odds up on DK tomorrow. They're going to be up tomorrow because we can request things. So, yeah. I nothing, need Emory nothing Jones. Crazy. I need Emory Jones Heisman odds. And that's Yeah, that's we need that. That's understandable. Why does Jaden Daniels have odds and Emory Jones doesn't? Um, speaking of Heisman odds, though, I don't know if he does, but Bo Nix, that's another reason why this conference is going to be interesting. If Bo Nix is playing the best football he can, he could be a Heisman quarterback and Oregon yeah. team in this conference. That's, um, I really like Oregon this year. I don't because Bo Nix could also end up being like the worst quarterback in, conf- in the conference. In the yeah, but that, but that makes it so fun. He was like, I think they statistically proved that he was like the most inconsistent quarterback in the Power Five. Like the yeah, drop, that's like awesome. the variation. That's so electric. Game. It's electric, not when you're trying to win 12 games. Yeah. That is very true. That is very <laughs> true. Like I said, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You can place a bet on college football. But more importantly, if you're a new customer, there's a great offer going on on the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And if you use promo code PHNX, you can make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals to get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. Guys, last thing before we get out of here is we've got another on-the-clock snake draft because it is Wednesday. Today we are going to be drafting villains – and antagonists from movies, TV shows. Um, and I am really freaking excited for this one for some reason. My draft board goes like 20 people deep. Um, so so I'm really excited for this one. I um I go first, right? Because I yeah, so you won dog walked y'all in the last draft. Yeah, you won. Um, so you'll go first. That'd I got good if second. it was the dog draft that you were talking about. Yeah, I know. Nice. So I will go third. Uh, which means Shane will go second. Are we going to stick came in last? It? You came in last. Gosh darn uh, it. Yeah, we are sticking to this. So what? we, we got to figure this out now. Chat, chat, help us out. Yeah, if you have any ideas, punishment for last place in the poll. What are they? What are they something on the show that's not, not like appearance. Or something al- we can film. Yeah, not appearance altering, please. I don't, I'm not dying my hair again. I um, think, I think uh, the loser of this draft we go to a. Oh God! I'm trying to think what we should do. We should. Let's go to, yeah. Nah. Go to a high school track. No. And you, you, uh-uh. what, what? Already done. Already done. Well, no. I'm interested, Toe Tree. 
go to a high school track and you can't leave until you run a sub 10 minute mile. That's not that difficult. Oh, I thought you were saying go to a high school track meet. That would also Uh-oh. be electric. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, sub 10 minute mile? Sub 10 minute mile. You have to run a mile though. That's a terrible Yeah, And you can't leave until, what do you mean? No. Okay, what, Leah has, loser has to wear U of A. No, this is an ASU show. That's not punishment for one person. That's punishment for everybody. That is very true. That is. Ooh, Josh, they have to reenact a famous scene from one of the villains. Villains chosen by the two winners. That is it. That's what's happening. Live on Wednesday, the loser of the poll has to, uh, or live on Friday. We'll do this on, no, we might not be in the studio. Next time we're in studio, this will happen. Okay. Whatever, whoever wins gets to choose the villain, and that's happening. We're doing that. Okay. Virtual I'm shake. I'm 100% down. Virtual shake. Put your hands closer, guys. Come on. <laughs> Imagine tuning in just to that right now. <laughs> we just lost two viewers. Um, 100%. 100%. Um, without further ado, Sean DePaz is on the clock. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. I, I feel like this is an obvious number yeah, one yeah. overall. Um, I'm not even a big Star Wars guy. And before you say I'm pandering, I think that goes to show how great of a villain he is, is yeah. that even I know that Darth Vader is one of the most kick-ass villains of all time. I don't think he's I don't even watch Star Wars. I think that really? Was, that was a mess. It's the, I thought he was it's the Joker. It's Joker was the one, yeah. the Joker was the other one I was considering, one. but Darth Vader is Thank iconic. you for letting him float three. to me. The top three, I think, in, in my assessment, I think it's like there's three – that are like 1A, there's one 1B, and then everybody else is kind of a free-for-all. With Vader and the Joker off the board, I got to go Thanos. Um, I yeah. feel like that's that's the obvious pick there. And then um, coming back, I'm going to go Lord Voldemort. Um, oh, that's a great I, one. I feel like he's... That was the fourth one. Yeah, that's why I'm like one, two, three, and then Voldemort, and then everybody else is just kind of based off of what you guys <laughs> Okay, this is tough. This is tough. I don't know if I should pander or just do it. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna do the damn thing. Um, give me. Hmm, there's so many be, ways to go. I'm really. I'm gonna be really upset if you take one that I've got. I've had my eye on one for weeks. Give me. I've had my eye on ones for weeks too. <laughs> That's great audio. No, it's really good. Uh, give me Freddy Krueger. Oh, you okay. bastard! That's what that's okay. what I was when I was thinking. Toshi, I'm gonna be real upset if you take mine. You're up. Yeah, you're no, up. No, you're up. No, no, I picked two. You're up. Yeah, it went. Oh I, yes. Yeah. Ooh, oh yeah. Okay. Um, thank you, Josh. By the way. Okay. So, <laughs> Josh in the comments saying counter argument: Voldemort lost multiple times to a baby and then eleven year old. Listen, yes, that's that. like the most powerful baby ever. Okay. Yeah. Fact. Okay. Um, this is one that came to mind as soon as we um went here, as soon as we brought this up. Um, I got to go with Ivan Drago from That's the nice. Rocky movies. The Russian. I just, especially when you put it in the context of the time, it's just a kick-ass villain. Um, yeah. and then to come back, <sighs> Freddy Krueger was when I was thinking. Um. Uh, so I'm going to stay in that similar like horror movie vein. Yeah. And I'm going to go Chucky. Chucky? Like Chucky doll is so iconic. Uh, I just feel like it, it is – it's a little – it's a baby and doll. There's it's Nick Castellanos swinging a miss. Nick <laughs> Castellanos only drives home runs to left center field. But only during 
during very important moments. Inappropriate and this, times. And this yeah. is not one. Um, I don't know why you went there. I don't know why you didn't go. Jason Voorhees. That's where I'm going. That's a that's a better horror villain from there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love that you guys are going horror villains because it's leaving everybody else for me. Go ahead. Give me one of the most underrated villains of all time. Give me Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean. Mid. I think mid. Are you kidding me? Davy Jones is one of the best villains ever. He's too nice. Davy fucking Jones? I'm not talking the SpongeBob Davy Jones. Oh, I know I'm talking, talking the Pirates about. of the Caribbean. Davey I can't Jones. take anybody seriously if they have got tentacles hanging off their face. Okay. No, not happening for me. Doesn't scare me. Doesn't do much for you me. You can't take those movies aren't scary. They're just a joke. You just said you couldn't take him serious. You drafted the Joker. This man has paint on his face. You I don't hate clowns. the pick. I don't I hate, hate the pick. You could have gotten it later, I think, but I don't hate the pick. Okay. With my fourth pick, give me oof. This is a tough one. Uh, but he was the villain of my childhood. Give me Plankton from Spongebob. That's a great one. That's a great one. <laughs> that is a very good one. Um, all right. I'm going to get into some of my favorite movies. And basically the only reason why I'm drafting these is because of the ways the actors portrayed them. Um, Anton from No Country for Old Men. That is one of the most harrowing villains I've ever seen in a movie with his little cattle prod th- or the, the cattle gun that shoots out air. Um, if you're th- – this is just for me, but I'm taking that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I have two. I'm gonna go a little off the deep end here. Um, that was <laughs> what? Never mind. You don't know. Never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. Um, I'm gonna go a little off the deep end. Um, and I did not when I said that I didn't mean it as a pun, but it is. It is quite funny. Right. I'm going the shark from Jaws. Um, okay. I mean, again, I'm just gonna kind of go on iconic here. Um, but it's just, it's a shark. It's a giant shark. It's fucking dope. Um, and then I'm going with one super, super close to my heart. And I mean that literally. Shego. Oh, absolute. Dude, she is so bad. Yeah. Shego, that one's just for me. That one's just right here. So that, does that round out your team? Yes. Okay. Shane, you are up. Uh, Josh said it in the comments. I want to take him. Christopher Waltz, Hans, yeah. Beck or whatever. That is yeah, such a good, good villain. One. But that's, again, just like based on – that. there's no history behind that kind of like – well, there's Anton Older, but I don't know. It, it It's another thing with the movie. This is so hard. Um, I'm going to have to pander for my last pick. I think I think Christopher Waltz's character in that movie is one of the best villains ever, but I just don't think it's going to get votes. So let me go Sauron from Lord of the Rings. That's a good one. That's a really good one. You have no who it, you have no idea who that is, do you, Sean? I've never watched Lord of the Rings. Is that the giant like eye thing? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. I I'm kind of surprised you went with that one instead of Gollum. Uh, I don't think I, I, it's, Gollum's the same way as Davy Jones for me. There's too many funny really? like moments because of how he looks. Like I'm not <laughs> scared of him. He's a little tiny fucking. I'm gonna kick him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for my from. My last pick oh, here you have one more. to round up the draft. Um, I'm going to take Scar from Lion King. Um, oh, that's again, a tremendous another, one. Another childhood Damn. villain. That is um, a great, great pick, Totri. Totri's before, just... Uh, before I we go back... This, I hate how you draft so much. 
I Why? hate it. Because you draft for the people, and it's the worst. I love, I love those. No, I that's a good pick. It's a good pick. It's a fantastic pick, but it's yeah. it's exemplified by why we're drafting. Kind of going off what Leah had to say, these are some of the other prospects I had on my board um, that yeah. went undrafted. Loki, Same. Uh, the Grinch, Megatron, Green Goblin, Killamonger, Gollum, Agent Smith from The Matrix, Emperor Palpatine, General Grievous, uh, Alonzo Harris from Training Day, White Goodman from Dodgeball, um, and then a personal favorite, Swiper uh, from Dole. Wow. Yeah, Swiper you, you is a outside great the one. box, my God. Um, yeah. do- Dr. Doofenshmirtz was, was on. Oh, that. that was another good one. That um, we should have, we should have narrowed this down from cartoons to cartoons next week. Yeah, that, that could have been two drafts. Can you bring um, up your own list for one second? Um, so I will say Michael Myers is a, is a great one, but Another me and Sean had this conversation, right? Just kill the guy. Yeah. Like, oh, the movies are terrible. Like yeah, just I, kill I, the guy. So he's, he's off for that. Um, Palpatine can't have two star Wars villains in the same draft. In my opinion, um, Hans Gruber from 007 or die hard, die hard. Die Good hard, one. Yeah. But her bringing up the alien is so hypocritical or so fake because I made her watch it for the first time ever. Like a month ago, and she wants to be like, "Oh, come on, the alien! You don't, you don't like the alien like that." All right, I, just had to, I had to get on my soapbox. You calling her uh, an alien normie? Yeah, she's an alien normie. That's for damn sure. Do you guys believe is in such aliens? A good one. Do I believe in aliens? Yeah. Whoa. Hello. What? Just, Say your piece, Leah. Leah just oh, came oh, on. Just to shake, shake her head. Shake at her you, head. Bro. I can see oh, her. Oh my already. gosh. Um, let's go over who was drafted just to, just to do a little recap. Uh, Shit, I don't remember mine. Sean, I had, have... I had Darth Vader, Chucky, Ivan, oh, I had Darth Vader, Ivan Drago, Chucky, the shark from Jaws and Shigo. Shigo is, is going to be such a miss for people, but and, I like the Jaws to... pick though. I didn't, I didn't have that one. Thank you. What do you have Shane? Oh, shit, that's that was a minute ago. Um, he had the Joker. He had um, Freddy Cougar, Jason Voorhees, um, Sean, and and, and, and the dude from yeah, yeah. Okay, I got Thanos, Voldemort, Davy Jones, Plankton, and Scar. Dude, your your team is kind of a wagon. I yeah. can't even. Country's <laughs> teams are always wagons because. But they never win. I never win, man. I, I wish I had more. T- I, I wish I prepared for these more because Totri is just goaded at preparing for these, and I'm just not. I I feel Totri and I have Totri and I put in the work. Yeah, I don't. Um, especially, but I, it the shows work in the results. The no. work doesn't always translate. I no, put, I had I had a better draft board than anybody on the name draft, and I got destroyed. Yeah, it is what it is. You'll be able to vote on who you guys think had the best list um, of villains slash antagonists on our social at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. Give us a follow while you're over there. Um, you can follow me at Anthony underscore Totri. You can follow Shane at Shane Deef. You can follow Sean DePause at Sean underscore DePause. Villainous, Villainous always. as always. There we go. What you say? Uh, I, said, said, I knew you were going to say that, so I just said it under uh, underneath you. God. Um, if you enjoyed the content, again, go give us a follow and head over to gophnx.com while you're at it. And when you become a member of the family, you're going to get either a free t-shirt from the locker or your first month for 50 cents just for signing up. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will have an audio show for you guys on Thursday. But for now, peace.